You are now listening to Universally Controversial. Alright, so here we are back with another episode of Universally Controversial. And I know I said that like uh, two weeks ago, I said that there weren't going to be no more delays in the episodes. But some unforeseen circumstances came up. A friend of mine passed away uh, literally the day after I posted the last episode or the day of that I posted the last episode. Uh, so obviously I went back home to Texas and dealt with that. And that's why I didn't post a video last week because I didn't have all my materials and everything. And I just felt like it wasn't the right time to do it. Uh, I mean, ironically, I said that this episode would be on depression and that's obviously probably the perfect time to talk about it. Uh, yeah, so I had a, a a friend of mine pass away. Uh, that's his picture in the back now, and it was it was a crazy time to be honest. Like, uh, because he passed away on June fourteenth, but the day before, well, not the day before, literally like a a couple hours before he got into his car accident, uh, I talked to him on the phone. And it was because we play Call of Duty every day. So I talk to this man every day. I talk to him every day. And uh, I text him and ask him if he was getting on. And he calls me immediately. And I always thought that was weird that he does that. Like he always, instead of just texting back, it's easy to text back. And he always responds. Uh, he'll always respond. But I just always felt it was weird that he, instead of just texting you back, he would call you on the phone. And he's like, hey, I'll be home in like an hour or so, hour, hour and a half, and I'll get on. And that was the last time I talked to him. And uh, the next day, because uh, we didn't find out, this happened Saturday, early Saturday morning, so I didn't find out until Monday morning. And so it was all Saturday morning. Well, it was Saturday, it was Saturday night for me, early Sunday morning. For them because it was like 10 o'clock here so midnight there and so the whole day I was I was like I'd send him stuff on like Facebook because we all we always not Facebook Instagram we'd always just we had a group chat and like uh, I, we would talk on social media and all this other stuff obviously because I'm not in Texas and uh, we we would I had, I'd send him stuff and he never he didn't respond all day which I thought was weird because he always responds and then um and then later that night, I asked him if he was getting on again, and he didn't respond again. And I was like, okay, this is strange. Was, maybe he's tired. Like, he didn't go out this weekend. Maybe he's tired from partying, or maybe he's with some girl or something. But then the next next day, uh, we found out he had passed away. And it didn't really hit me that hard initially because um, I didn't really believe it. And until you know a few hours had passed and i had to call my mom to let her know that i was coming back home that's when it really hit me and i was like broke down crying and stuff like that and i was calling my friends uh like our group of friends and it was just it was a, it was a real bad day and i've had friends die uh before but um not someone that i talked to as frequently as me and him talked and also, anyone that knows me uh, knows that I don't handle it very well. Like, I don't handle death very well. And I told y'all 
Like I've told y'all before, like I've dealt with depression for a, a vast majority of my life, if not all my life. And I, um, and I just don't handle certain things well, like death or like breakups. I don't really handle very well. I'm crazy. Or at least that's what my exes say. I'm not crazy. They just say I'm crazy. Or maybe that's what a crazy person would say. I don't know. That's a topic for another episode. But today's episode, we're going to be talking about depression. So we're going to start with like me, my situation. Then we're going to go on how I help other people or how I deal with my own and how you can help your friends if they're going through similar situations. Now, for me, it all started when I was a kid. And well, I found this out through therapy a few years ago. Like that this is where this all started because obviously I didn't know where it started. I just assumed because, you know, growing up black, and I don't want to make this racing, but growing up like as a black kid, uh, you're always told like ain't nothing wrong with you. Like that's what you're told all the time. You're told like, oh, I don't feel good or I'm sad about this. Like ain't nothing wrong with you. Like that's what you told. Like and it's super unhealthy. It's not anything you should be saying because you should be listening to your kids. Uh, that's why. Um, and then then you have like child suicides or teenage suicides and stuff like that because parents aren't listening to their kids. You know what I'm saying? Always listen to your kids. Your kids are honest. The kids kids are going to be honest about whatever they're they're feeling and whatever they're going through. So, um, when I was a kid, I'm a middle child, so I I lived with my mom for majority of my life. I have an older sister on my mom's side, and I have a, a younger brother on my mom's side. There's three of us that live in this house. Now on my dad's side, I have another sister who's older than me, and I have a baby brother. But I was 17 when he was born, so. Strictly off, uh, you know, my everyday life, I had two other siblings, and my dad was an alcoholic, like an extreme alcoholic. He wasn't around much, and when he was around, he was drunk. Um, my parents divorced when I was four, so my dad not being around and me being a boy, I always want to be with my dad. I wasn't, I wasn't much of a mama's boy. Like I don't. So when people say like, "Oh, he's gonna be a mama's boy," he's, I was not a mama's boy. Like. I wanted to hang out with my dad most of the time. And because of, you know, the things that my dad put my mom through, my mom grew, uh, had a resentment for my dad. Like, so, like, any time I would bring up my dad or any time I'd want to talk about my dad or say mention my dad's name or anything, it was a problem. And I'm named after my dad. Named after my dad looked just like him. Like, split an image. If you see me, you see my dad. Like, he just looked like an older version of me with no hair. And so... Um, my mom grew resentment towards my dad and, uh, I felt like sometimes she took it out on me because I look like so much, so much like my dad. And I was always forgiving of the things that my, I never really, as a child, I never really, um, grew angry at my dad for the things that he did. Like he would call and say he was going to come pick us up and all this other stuff. And he would not show up. Like we'd have our bags packed by the door and my dad wouldn't show up. And he's like, oh, I'm going to come tomorrow. And he wouldn't come. And he, it was just a real, like a repetitive cycle of him just not really just not giving a fuck. And, um, and my mom didn't like that. And so, like, I felt like a lot of, like, her anger towards my dad was taken out on me. Because I had an older sister. Uh, she's the only girl, so she's going to get whatever she wants. And she's the oldest, so she gets a lot of leniency. My baby brother is the baby you couldn't tell him nothing like he mama's boy he was a mama's boy 
he couldn't tell him nothing. My mama took like whatever he did. He didn't really get no whoopings. Like anything that he did was our fault. Like because like oh we should have been watching him or we should have helped him or whatever. It was our fault. My mom was a, was the baby of her siblings. So like that's in my mind. That's where that came from. So and I never really like hung out with my family as a kid. I like uh, at a young age I I got into reading books. So that's all I did. Like I never did anything else we didn't go outside much um i didn't play much sports i played sports but i don't know like i i i was okay i wasn't trash but i wasn't great like it was obvious at a very young age i was not going pro it was like i i did like i loved football like i loved playing football i loved hitting people like uh after like peewee football when i was scared to hit people when I got in like middle school, I loved hitting people. Like that was my favorite thing to do was tackle people. But um it was obvious that I wasn't going to the league or no shit like that. So like when I was home and I couldn't play football or I couldn't be around like my friends at school, I read books. That's all I did. I remember it started when I was in like the first grade, I wanna say. And uh, my mom took me to uh <laughs> took me to Walmart. I don't know why I was at home. My sis my sister and my brother were at school. But I was at home, and my mom was like, I was like, Mom, can I get a toy? And she's like, uh, no, you're going to get a book, because my mom was getting a book. And um, she was like, here's a book. And it was Lord of the Rings, the like the original Lord of the Rings, I guess. And that book was like this fucking thick. And I was like, hell no, I'm reading this shit. Ain't no pictures in it, no nothing. I was like seven years old. Like, I don't want to read this. And so, like, she was like, all right, but you better pick one of these books and because you're not getting no toys. So I look, and I saw a Harry Potter book, and it had the nice little friendly-looking cover on it. I was like, Ma, can I get this? And then she's like, yeah. So I got that, and that's where, I, like, my uh, love for Harry Potter started. And ever since then, like, I just – I would get all the books. And um, when – I remember the next – the Chamber of Secrets came out, and it was the book fair, the Scholastic Book Fair – Went there, and all I had was $5. It was all my mama gave me was $5. And the Harry Potter book was $6. And I was looking so sad. Like, a little, like, uh, what was it, Tiny Tim? <sighs> Please, master. Just to, just to spare some change. No. <laughs> no, like, uh, I didn't have enough money. And the lady saw that, and she was like, but, I mean, it's a kid trying to get a book. It's not like I was trying to get some candy or something. So she was like, hey, if I give you this book, are you going to bring a dollar tomorrow? And I was like, yes, I'll bring you a dollar tomorrow. And I didn't bring the dollar. I'm not even going to lie to you. I never brought the dollar. I'm pretty sure she knew I wasn't bringing that fucking dollar. So she probably just reached in her purse, threw a dollar in there. It, plus, it wasn't a big deal. But I got that book, and, um, and like, I love that book. And my aunt, my mom's older sister, started reading the books as well, her and her husband. Uh, and so after that, whenever a new book would come out, they would buy it for me. They would buy me the book. And then when the movie started coming out, they would take me to see every movie. Up until I graduated and I moved into, I got into the Marine Corps and um, it took myself to see the fucking movies. But so that's like, w like what I would do. Like I would just read books, read books. And when I finished the Harry Potter books, she would buy me different types of books. Like, so I was just, I would just read all day and I would never come out of my room uh, unless it was to do chores or shower or eat like I didn't come out of my room. Like, I wasn't real social. And I didn't talk a lot. Um, like, I would hang out with my little brother, but, like, I would hang out with him because I had to. I couldn't go nowhere without him. But um, also, like, I remember one time I was 
sitting in my room, like this is like my junior year is the first year that I had a room to myself. Like I had my own room. And so I, and once I had my own room, I never came out of that motherfucker. Like, like before I would leave my room to get away from my little brother or something like that. But like, and my parents never had a reason to come into my room. Like they never had a reason to bother me because my room was always clean. Uh, my homework was always done. Like I didn't get bad grades in school. Like, and I did my chores and everything. So there was really no reason for like them to come into my room. And I remember one time, it was like a Saturday. I'm just in my room laying on the floor reading a book. And my stepdad comes in. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm reading. And he's like, oh, no, we about to have family game night. So come on, bring your ass up in here. We about to go play some cards or whatever. We was about to do a board game or something. So I go in there. I was like, all right, whatever. This ain't going to last long. In my mind, I'm thinking, like, this is not going to last long. So I go in there. And, like, my sister, my sister is real sensitive. Like, I love my sister to death, but she real sensitive. And so, like, she said something. And I think I just cracked a joke at her. Like, like a harmless joke. It wasn't, like, nothing. Like, just... I don't even remember what I said, but then she got sensitive. She's like, see, you always do this. And then my mom's like, why would you say that to her and blah, blah. And I was like, this is why I don't come out of my room. And I got up and I went back into my room. And they never asked me to come out of my room again. So I was just, I just self-isolated. Like, and also another thing, uh, I used to walk home by myself from school. So once I got in high school and we lived in a district that I wasn't zoned to that school, the school that I went to. So I was I went to Elkins, but I was zoned to go to Marshall. And so I would walk like two, three miles home every day by myself. My sister would get rides from her friends, but I would walk home by myself. It was just kind of fucked up. My sister could easily be like, oh, no, I ain't riding with y'all unless my brother riding. My sister walked with me a couple times, but like for the most part, I walked by myself. And um like I, I you, you just those walks, you just get like a lot of time to think about like shit that you got going on and shit, and you just and I just made those like and the older I got, the longer I made those walks last. Like just because it just became my time to myself, and I would just walk as slow. Like I was a fast walker, but like I would try to walk as slow as I possibly could. Like I would try to walk as slow as I possibly could before I got home so that way like I didn't have to deal with the bullshit that was going to happen when I got home cuz there was always something going on and then um I don't know just another thing that's just contributed to my depression is just the fact that um I don't know I just didn't feel really loved or never felt like I belonged with my family so I'm like I said middle child middle child syndrome and people ask me why I only have two kids like, that is why. That is why I will never have more than the two kids I have. Because I don't want to have a middle child and I don't want to subject them to middle child syndrome. Like, it's 100% why I have always only ever wanted two kids. And I have my two kids and I'm done. So, then, um, another thing that contributed is the fact that I never wanted to join the Marine Corps. Like, people, like, oh, you're such a good Marine. You love this. Never wanted to join the Marine Corps. This is not what I saw for myself in my life. This is not what I wanted to do. I never once in my life ever thought, you know what? I want to join the military. I had cousins that were in the military, but I never like thought, you know, that that could be for me. Nope. Never thought that. And so, um, like, I got 
forced to come to the Marine Corps because I got caught stealing one time. I got caught stealing my senior year, like right before my senior year. I got caught stealing. And my parents were like, we're not helping you with college. We're not helping you with financial aid. Once you graduate, you got to get the fuck out. Like, you're going to be homeless. Or you, he's like, you can either join the Marine Corps or be, join the military or be homeless. So I was going to join the National Guard, but a Marine Corps recruiter showed up. And then that was, it was fucking off to the races from there because I liked the shit that they was wearing. I liked the cover. He sold me. But granted, it had an army recruiter or somebody came up there, I probably would have joined them. He was just the first motherfucker I saw. So, um, that's really, like, I, and I've been here 10 years, almost 10 years. It's not really something I wanted to do. I wanted to go to college, become a cop, be a homicide detective. That was always my dream from a child. Um, no, in the Marine Corps. And I think I stayed a little bit because of it's easy, but I won't be doing it much longer. Once this contract's up, I'm done. Can't do this anymore. I hate the people in the Marine Corps. 100% hate them. But that's neither here nor there. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I didn't want to join the Marine Corps, and my parents made me, even though my older sister on my mom's side always fought my mom, argued with my mom, was rude, disrespectful, um, would leave the house, just just was a pain in the ass. Like, I literally had to break up fist fights between her and my mom. Never once have I ever raised a fist to my mom. Not one time. My sister on my dad's side got pregnant my senior year. And both of them, both of them, got help with college, got help with financial aid, got help doing whatever they, they wanted to do. Um, I made good grades. I never had a problem with my youngest brother. He's a baby, so whatever. But that's like that's literally how it was. They could fuck up, but I was not allowed to. I guess because I'd never fucked up before, so for me to fuck up the first time, like it was I don't know. It was stupid. But my parents didn't really help me do anything. Like, um I didn't get my license until I was twenty. Shout out to my boy Tamir for helping me get my driver's license. Uh I didn't learn about credit. I didn't learn about credit cards. Um I, I learned everything on my own. My loans, everything. Like I uh since since I've been in the military, I've asked my parents for, I asked my mom to buy me a laptop when I first got in because I didn't have any money. I was a PFC. I didn't have any money and I need a laptop for class. And I was like, I'll pay you back on Monday. Like it was like a Thursday. I was like, I'll pay you back on Monday. And then like literally she gave me the money. And then the next day she was like, where's my money? And I was like, all right, gave her money. Never asked for it. Like I've never asked anything. I would rather starve and be broke. My account's been in the negative when I was younger, my account was in the negative all the time. Like, all the time. My account was living in the negative. And I would never ask nobody for help. Never. Because I don't need I don't need that kind of help. I'd rather say, y'all didn't help me growing up. Y'all don't I don't need y'all's help now. Um granted, like I, I've I have better relationships, like like amazing relationships with my parents now. Like we've worked through our problems and issues, but at the time, like that's what was bothering me and things that I, I went through. And then um, just growing up and uh, realizing uh, or feeling unloved 
just contri contributed to. So it made me create relationships with a bunch of people that I should not have had relationships with, like just women that I became attached to or like relationships that I put myself in with either, whether it be friends or girlfriends. And they were just bad for my health. Like they were just toxic people. And I really shouldn't have been anywhere near them. But because I longed for that connection, that emotional connection, that that companionship, that intimacy, that that feeling of warmth, of love, that someone gives a fuck about you, like I put myself in those situations and it ended badly every time. Every time it ended badly. And do I say I regret it? Absolutely not. Some of the sex was fire. And I would never regret some bomb sex ever. I mean, so one of my friends, we had sex. And it completely ruined the friendship. I haven't spoken to this person since then. And I told somebody this story, and they were like, do you regret it? Would you do it again? And I was like, hell yeah, that shit was fire. And like, so you would sacrifice a friendship? Yes, I would sacrifice a friendship every time for that bomb-ass sex. Like, that shit was fire. What? Definitely in my top five. Well, at the time, it was in my top five. Now? Eh. This is a story for a different day. But I would still sacrifice. She was also crazy as fuck. Like, like she made up having cancer type crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, like, those type of people, like, I really don't regret them not being in my life. Super toxic. Super toxic ass person. As best friends, as best friends, we were amazing best friends. There's a couple. Uh, nah, not so much. But, hey, it is what it is. You win some, you lose some. But you live live to fight another day but yeah it's just, it's just stuff like that it, it made me create uh situations where, where i shouldn't have been in uh, obviously with brianna i've told y'all that story a couple times about how toxic she was um my ex-fiance like I, I love her to this day but like she did some fucked up shit we did some fucked up shit to each other i'm not gonna put all the blame on her we were pretty fucked up too we were young I was like 19, 20, 21 years old. So I was just doing some dumb shit back then. Uh, but also, um, just I, I put myself in those situations. And then the deaths of family members and friends just didn't help at all. So like it started with, like I have this theory of death, right? And it's going to sound extremely morbid, extremely morbid. But it's what I believe. I believe it 100% wholeheartedly. I believe this. Um, so I have this theory about death and I told my psychiatrist this a while back. I was like, I feel like the deaths of my friends, like eat with each friend that passes, it's someone progressively closer to me in my current life. So someone that I talk to currently on a current basis, you know what I'm saying? And so it started with Mojo in 2016 and then Gaminer 2017 and then Cam, same year, three months later. And then my uncle in 2018. And then, then Joel two two weeks ago. And Joel, I, like I said, I talked to every day before that was the uncle. And my uncle passed and I saw him. I went home for Christmas that year saw him right before he was in terrible condition and then 
he passed away the week of my birthday and um then joel passed and so i have this theory that death continues to get closer to me until it catches me so like in my mind and like i said i wholeheartedly believe this within the next 10 years i'm gonna die and like i said that sounds extremely morbid and it sounds terrible and you say people tell you you shouldn't think like that but it's how i think so within the next 10 years if that like i've never once ever like envisioned myself of getting old or having grandchildren or anything like that um i just have like this theory that like in a in however many years i won't be here anymore and it's not gonna be a suicide i already told you i'm not gonna kill myself i would never do that to my kids never ever so if y'all see something and it say uh it's set up like i committed suicide just know i was murdered 100 percent. just know i was murdered i don't like i don't think i mean i don't think i would piss anyone off that much for them to kill me but you never know motherfuckers be killing each other over life insurance motherfuckers kill each other over parking spots so shit motherfucker kill me over a fucking episode they didn't like this podcast so and try to make it look like a suicide so i don't know it is what it is but that's how i feel we're not gonna get into like the super dark shit of like the insides of my mind those are that's some shit for a different episode but i'll just like no no that like that's how i think so it contributes to like my depression and it feeds off my depression and everything but like i said i've never really been happy in my life period because i've suffered from this for so long and like um there was a point in time where i felt like i was happy because i had it all i had i i don't really want to get into that right now but the people that know me know what i had and i felt like i had it all like i had the job i had the love i had i had just i just had genuine happiness but that was taken away from me and um so it put me back in a downward spiral and i don't know it's just you feel like you feel like people are out to get you you feel like no one cares and then you have friends you have friends that aren't really your fucking friends like so when uh Gminer died when he died my friend was on the phone with me when i found out i was on the phone with my friend Taylor and then so she knew and then I had another friend named Taylor and she was like I really 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 would love to see you go to therapy and that's how I started therapy but then when I needed them the most when Cam died they were gone like they would not answer a phone call they would not respond to a text and I get everyone is going through their own shit in their fucking lives but if I hit you and you don't respond to me for fucking weeks fucking months then that's a fucking problem we're not friends we're clearly not the friends that i thought we were we're damn sure not best friends like you say we are like that's how i feel about that because if like today eric hit me hit our group and saying he was going through some shit and i was we texted him immediately you don't sit on those texts you don't sit on those calls because you never know when someone's gonna need that fucking call when someone is just needs to hear your fucking voice so they don't fucking kill themselves they they might hear like it's gonna be better it's gonna be all right it's I'm here for you, that's I'm here for you, four fucking words. Four fucking words that could save someone's life and people don't understand how powerful those fucking words are. 
for someone to know that they, there's someone there that will actually be there for them when they need them and that can actually help them in their time of need and like will listen to their fucking problems. Because if you come to me, if in, I don't give a fuck if we never talk, if we never fucking spoke. I had a student one time. I had a student one time call me and I didn't recognize the number. I didn't recognize the voice. I didn't even recognize his name. So the kid was said, he was like, oh, I used to be your student in such and such class. And for me to not recognize his name or anything, means he had to be a great student. Or probably like a middle of the pack student that I don't have to yell at, that I don't have to say much to. He passes his sets, he does what he's supposed to do in his off time, he doesn't get in trouble. He's one of those, a good, a good kid. Calls me. Months later, like I'm not his instructor, he's in the fleet, he has, he has, uh, he has uh, like Marines, he has friends and all this other shit. He calls me to tell me that he saw his dad kill himself and I was, and he thought to call me so I could talk him through it. Mind you, like I said, I don't remember this kid's face. I don't remember his name. I don't remember who he is at all. But I sat there and talked to that kid for an hour about how I've dealt with people killing themselves. Obviously not to the extent that I, that I saw my dad fucking blow his fucking brains out, but just sat there because he called me like, and who, who the fuck am I to say, I can't help you? Or who am I just to turn him away? Because what's me turning, how do I know me turning him away isn't gonna draw him to kill himself? So I sat and talked to that kid for an hour until he felt better. And I told him, if you wanna talk, I don't give a fuck what time of day it is. If you wanna talk, you can call me or text me or whatever you want and we will talk. Now he never called me again, but I put it out there that he is able to. So just for that, like just for things like that, that shit like that means a lot to me and means a lot to people that are going through things and people don't understand that because people are so self-absolved with their own shit, their own shit that they're going through. They get tunnel vision. You get tunnel vision and you don't see the shit that's going on around you. Even as parents, you like you, you're so focused on doing the right thing for your kids and living the right life for them. And so they know what the fuck is going on. So they know that you love them, that you're not even giving them the love that they need. Kids don't need much. Kids don't need you to buy them shit. Kids don't need, they want a lot of shit. Fucking Lord, help me. They want a lot of shit, but they don't need a lot of shit. Like, so all they need is your love and your fucking companionship and your compassion and just to fucking hug them and tell them that you love them and talk to them and shit like that. That's all children need. That's all kids need. That's all people need. But we don't do that because we're so self-absorbed in our own shit that we got going on that we don't care about other people. We only care about ourselves and the people that immediately affect us. So when if you are a friend of someone and they're going through some shit and they're clearly not acting the same or they're putting shit on social media that doesn't seem right, that doesn't seem like them. And like literally when I put up the stuff about Joel passing away, I don't ask for sympathy but for like people, some people that I talk to every day didn't even acknowledge it. It makes you think, it makes you think like who really gives a fuck about you or uh, just you put up something or you say you're not going through a good time or some shit like that. Um, it's also, I don't want your pity when you think I'm going through some stuff. Like, I want it to be genuine. I don't want you to reach out to me as a, like, check in the box. 
like, oh, I talked to him. Oh, I asked him if he was okay. He said he was fine. Like, no, I want you to genuinely give a fuck. One. Two, I want it to be a consistent thing. Like, why does like why do I have to be on the ledge for us to talk if you say we're friends? You know what I'm saying? And if I hit you up, like, okay, so I had to cut a friend out of my life. And I told her I don't think we should be friends anymore. Because when I hit you up, I hit you up. I'm like, hey, how you doing? How's work? How's life? How you doing? Like, how's how's everything going with you? Just to genuinely see how you're doing. And we have a conversation. If you answer the phone, then I'll call you a couple days later, call you a week later. You don't respond. I don't hear from you again for a month. And it's like this every time we talk. And we don't talk unless I initiate the, the conversation. That's not a friend. That's not a friend at all. And I don't appreciate that shit. I don't like to... Indulging that shit. Back in the day, I used to like I used to put myself in those situations just because I wanted people to like know that I care. Because I want to, I want to die knowing I'm loved. Everyone wants to die knowing they're loved by someone. But honestly, I don't give a fuck if you like me or not. I don't give a fuck if no one shows up to my funeral. I assume no one will. I assume only a minimum amount of people will show up to my funeral. You know how I know because this is how I know that motherfuckers don't really give a fuck about you. When Joel passed. So if you go to, on Joel's Instagram, if you go to the last post that he posted, I am the very first comment on there. And I posted it the day, I posted the comment on there the day that he posted the photo or the video. And since then, there's over, since the day he died, there's been over a hundred something comments, over 3,000 views of the video since he died. Over a hundred something comments. On the day of his celebration of life, because they had a private funeral, which I think is a selfish act, 100%. And I know that's probably not like the words I should use, but I think it's selfish because you don't know how someone was affected by him. You don't know how someone was impacted, their life was impacted by him. You don't know what he did for those people, what he did to those people, what he, like the love that he, like he, he put out into the world and how it affected people. And now they don't get to see him one last time and say the things that they want to say face to face to him and get that off their chest. But that's a topic for another time. It's not a topic for right now. But over a hundred something people commented on this. And on the day of the cel- his celebration of life, we go in there and there's maybe 30 people there. And it was all over social media. It was all over social media. My cousin knew about it. My cousin doesn't know Joel, but she knew about it. And she knew she knew like every all a, a lot of the details about it. But the fact that people are well-wishers and not people of action, it really fucking bothers me. Yo, like, when I die, do not fucking come to my funeral if you do not fuck with me. Honestly, like, if we don't talk, like, it's not, not, I don't even want to say if we don't talk consistently. If you really don't, deep down, don't fuck with me, do not come to my fucking funeral. Like, if you don't really fuck with me, then don't, like, if you don't really fuck with me, then just don't, don't show up. I don't want you there. I mean, nine times out of ten, you aren't going to show up anyways. You won't even know that I'm fucking dead. But if you know someone that I don't fuck with, is that my funeral? Let them stay because they're real because they showed up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if someone that don't fuck with me shows up to my funeral, just pay respects. Be like, I respected this motherfucker. I fucks with that. I want my funeral to be wild as fuck, though. I want, like, strippers and shit at my funeral. Throwing that ass back. You know what I'm saying? 
I want there to be liquor. If you're not drunk at my funeral, then just if you don't plan on getting drunk at my funeral, just don't show up. 100%. Don't show up. I don't want you there. I don't want that kind of negative attitude there. You can cry. Obviously, I want y'all to shed some tears for your boy. But you better be getting lit. So everybody, you better have a fucking Uber or DD or some shit like that. Like somebody to come pick them up. Because I want my funeral to be lit. Fucking lit. But um, what else? Um, Suicide. I don't think anyone should ever kill themselves. It's a selfish act. Yes, it's a selfish act. You, you end your pain, but you cause so many others pain. And that's something I could not bear to have on my conscience, even in the afterlife, that I caused so many people pain by killing myself because I felt like I couldn't take what was going on with me. And that's another reason why I would never, never kill myself. But some things you just have to learn to live with. Like, I've come to the realization that this depression is going to be something that I'm going to live with for the next uh, entirety of my life, for the rest of my life, and it's never going to go away. I've, I've been on medication um, to help with anxiety attacks. I've been on medica- medication to help with depression. Uh, I've seek therapy. My last therapist was pretty terrible like I felt like he was just trying to do his job instead of actually giving a fuck about me and my health and my well-being Dr. Ellis however when I was in 29 Palm was amazing I know like you can never recreate you can't you shouldn't base your psychiatrist over the good person you had just over what they can provide for you at that current time but I just felt like she she cared about the patient not even just about me, but just about her patience, about her job. She cared about her job enough. She loved her job enough to care about the people that she was helping. Other people, I feel like, are just doing it as a fucking job. And they just want to get that paycheck. And they don't really give a fuck about somebody's problems. So, that's how, how I feel about that. Don't give you... If you're suffering... If you're suffering, you can hit me up. Like, you can hit me up in the comments on YouTube. You can hit me up on Facebook. Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. I don't give a fuck. You can you can always hit me up. Just don't give your attention to the wrong people because the wrong people will abuse that attention that you're giving them and they will take advantage of you. I've had it happen to me a lot of times because you're giving them attention because you think that they care about you when they really don't. They care about themselves and they just care about the things that you can do to, for them, whether it's security, whether it's monetary value, whether it's gifts, whether it's sex, whether it's whatever. They only care about what they can get from you, not about how y'all can grow as people together and do things together to help one another so that y'all can grow into better people and like live prosperous, healthy fucking lives. No, they don't give a fuck about that. No one gives a fuck about that. Depression to me is a disease that there's no cure for. I don't think, I mean, that's, I guess that's me with someone that's dealt with it for so long. I assume there's people that have, that are no longer suffer from depression, but I suffer from chronic depression. So it's reoccurring at all times in my life and it can be set off by a multitude of things, whether it be a breakup, uh, 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 a breakup, a friendship, a death, anything. It, it can set me off and just, I'll just go spiraling down. Like my, I'll be great one day and the next day I'll be fucking... I'll shut myself off and do things. And that, that that used to be what I used to do. I used to shut myself out and just go upstairs and just go in the room and just lay down and sleep for the entire day or just go 
and like sit on my phone and like watch videos and just not speak to anyone and like that that's what I used to do but I learned that's not a other way I talk a little bit more I don't talk as much but I talk a little bit more and I communicate a lot more uh I go out for drives I try to go like I don't necessarily like to ride my bike when I'm depressed because I can't focus and when I obviously you can't focus on a motorcycle your whole life could be over in a, in a second so I don't really like to ride my bike when I'm when I'm depressed I ride it for joy like I'll ride it if I know there's not going to be like out here in San Diego I'm not going to ride my bike when I'm depressed there's too much going on in 29 Palms where I could just ride in the Joshua Tree and there's really no cars coming around and I could just ride and just ride the uh, turns and everything and then come back in 45 minutes those those were great times now it's not so much so I kind of just hit the gym trying to trying to get my weight up trying to get to 190 your boy trying to get big you know what I'm saying trying to get yoked so motherfuckers see me in the club they know not to fuck with me you feel me nah I don't go to clubs, you know. I don't fuck with them clubs. I don't fuck with clubs or bars, you know. Your boy ain't trying to go back to jail. Hey, y'all see my struggle beard? I'm gonna try and grow this thing out in, in my little quarantine. This side's a little patchy, but I think I look good. I think I look. I think I pull it off rather well. I cleaned it up. It used to. It was looking real bad, like yesterday. I cleaned it up a little bit, fixed up the mustache. You know, the, the patented mustache. But yeah. If y'all are ever going through some things, just know that there's always someone there to be there for you. There's always at least one person that's there for you. And you have to be able to choose that person wisely. You have to be able to know that that person actually gives a fuck about you. That So your judge of character has to be on point. And I know some of y'all out here don't have no good judges of character, including myself sometimes. Like we just see a pretty smile. We see a nice personality on the outside. We see some good looks. And then we think... Oh, this motherfucker gives a fuck about me. They say the things you want to hear, get the panties wet, and then look at you. You're out here falling all over for them. And then you realize that this motherfucker is not the one for you to be, like, fucking bringing into your life. Because they're just going to bring you down. And, like, because also, if someone else is going through depression, if you're going through depression and you know someone else is going through, bond with that person. Y'all can help each other. Y'all can be each other's support system. Like I said, me and my friends, when we go through stuff, we, we talk to each other. We hit each other. Um, like just the other day, I called uh, my boy Colt, and I talked to him when I was upset about something. And he calmed me down, talked me off the ledge. Not the literal ledge, but a figurative ledge of anger. Because I was, I was angry, and I was about to jump off the fucking deep end into goddamn fucking rage. And it was going to be insane. But... Yeah, you just have to support one another. You have to support each other. And know that, like, everyone loves each other. But, mm, like, oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. I take that back. I used to think everyone loved each other. But they don't. I have, like, a firm belief that people are inherently evil. That everyone has bad intentions when they meet you. And then, based on your reactions, your personalities, their interaction with you, that changes from evil to, pos like, some somethings of love or positivity and caring and shit like that. But I think, initially, everyone has some sort of bad intentions or bad thoughts about you when they first meet you. Like, that's how I think. I just think people are evil just because of the shit that I've been through of people just having no knowledge of you whatsoever and then they're pretending that there's something like there there's someone friendly or something and then they fuck you over in the long run so fuck those people i hate them because they always end up fucking me over because i'm too trusting i'm too nice 
I'm too inviting. I'm too social. Like, I talk to too many people. Like, I used to. Now I don't talk to anyone. Like, I go out and I really don't speak to people. I don't even speak to people when I get to the register unless they speak to me. Like, hey, how's your day going? It's good. Bring my shit up, nigga. Like, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. I ain't trying to get in no fights. I ain't trying to get in no arguments. I'm not trying to get into it with nobody. I'm just trying to grab my goddamn Reese's Pieces and my goddamn handle of Tangeray, go to my crib, get drunk and fat, and go to sleep. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and give you this little small talk. No, we're not about to be friends. You're not about to follow me on social media. You're not about to fucking smash. Like, we, we you're not getting in these draws. Like, whatever. Like, it, it is what it is. Like, move along. Let me go on about my day, and it's going to be what it's going to be, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going on a rant. And at this point, I'm just ranting. I'm not even really talking about shit. But, yeah, I have, like, this just belief that, like, people are inherently evil, and um, everyone's out to fuck you over. I guess that's just the depression talking, right? I assume it is. I assume it's just, just the depression talking. But, hey. Told you, that's what I live with. This is the life I live. Genuinely, I'm happy everyone sees me laughing and smiling. Uh, it's all a front. I'm really depressed and I'm really sad all the time. Really thinking about, I wake up in the morning and I think, is this the day that I die? Is this the day that like God calls me home or whatever? I have so much more to live for. I have so much more to do. But I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to let the depression beat me. That's one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to lose this battle. I'm definitely not going to kill myself. That's, again, if Epstein didn't kill himself, Craig Chapman definitely didn't kill himself. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely not going to fucking off myself. Like, what? how would I kill myself? Shoot myself? No, I want an open casket, so I'm not going to shoot myself. Um, Hang myself? No. I feel like that would take too long. Uh, I could go the seven pounds route. No goddamn box jellyfish in the tub. But I feel like that would be too painful. Like halfway through I would bitch out and be like, nah, I'm good on this. None of this shit hurts. Um Jump off a cliff? Nah, cause then I gotta think the entire way down. And I'm definitely gonna change my mind halfway through. Like halfway through the fall, I'm gonna be like, fuck, I don't wanna do this anymore. But then it's too late, so you know, then I die with regret. And I don't wanna live my life in that type of anticipation of regretting the way that I'm going to kill myself. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, what? Cut the wrist? Nah. Too painful. Nah. So it's not even that, like, I just wouldn't do it. It's just, like, it feels like it's a hassle. Like, I feel like it's it's a hassle, and I don't want to deal with that. Like, nah, I'm too lazy for that. And you just got to think of a way, and then you got to write you got to write a note and tell people why you did it. You got to explain it and then like, because you got to explain to your kids why you did it. I don't know, man. The exhaust pipe in the car, like the fucking hose in the exhaust pipe, feed it back into the car. Nah, 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 nah. wouldn't do that either. Ah, long story short, I just won't fucking kill myself. Because then I'll miss sports. Oh, God, like I'll miss sports. I'll miss fucking my favorite TV shows. I mean, I don't really watch TV shows. But the Mike Tyson movie is about to come out. I can't miss that. The Flash movie. There's so many movies. Fast and Furious 9. I'm not going to kill myself before that comes out. John Cena's in it. What else? I'm not going to kill myself before Greg Popovich retires. Like, 
It just wouldn't happen. I don't think I'm going to kill myself at all. I know I'm not going to kill myself at all, but just saying. All right, I'm just babbling at this point. Um, let me know if you guys like this episode. Uh, I try to be very helpful and try to be uh, extremely helpful, give you all a little insight on my life and why I'm depressed and how I deal with it. I used to, So I will say this one thing. Me and Taylor, we used to have this thing where once a month we would meet up because she lived in she lived in Temecula and I lived in 29 Palms. So we would meet halfway. We would meet up halfway and we would meet up at a Starbucks once a month because we didn't see each other that often. We'd meet up once a month and we would have coffee and we would just vent to each other about our fucking problems. And that worked amazing. So I that's something that I uh, wish I still had. Um, uh, yeah. But me and that Taylor are no longer friends. I was like, in the way we aren't friends is pretty fucked up, and it, it, it honestly broke my heart, uh, for for it to happen like that. So we hadn't talked in a while because when, uh, Gamina died, she was one of the ones that like kind of ghosted me, and I got it. She was going through her divorce with her husband at the time, so I was like, okay, and I tried to be understanding, but me as a friend at that time, in the way that I was, I was too demanding of my friends, and I expected too much of them. I, my expectations for my friends was a little high. Um, and I learned I learned about that, so I backed off. And then we didn't talk for a little bit, and then we kind of got back in communication, and we would talk uh, more often. And then last year, last year, uh, she got into a motorcycle accident, and I found out through her mom on Facebook. And the very next day, I went to the hospital to see her. Went to the hospital to see her, and our friendship was back, and I loved it. And I... I had my friend that I could vent to and tell her about things that were going on with me and everything. And then um, one day we were talking and I brought up, we're, we were kind of getting into like a little heated argument. And I brought up about how like we used to do this, like we used to go and meet up and vent and we were each other's support system. And then she's had the audacity to say, cause I was there for her when she was, when she was going through a divorce and everything. She had the audacity to say, she's like, no, that was for you. I never needed you. And for a friend, someone that you said was your best friend, to say that is pretty fucked up. And it broke my heart because I love Taylor. I've loved her since high school. And for her to say that, I thought it was pretty fucked up. And we have not spoken since. And I have no desire to speak to her again. Like, I will not let you say some shit. Like, like back in the day when I was dependent on my friends and I was super clingy and all this other shit and I just needed that support, like, I... I would 100% have forgave her and we'd be friends again now. Now, I don't give a fuck about... I still care about her. I still love her. But, like, I don't care to be her friend. Someone that's going to say some shit like that to you, say that they never needed you when you clearly were there for them in their time of need, or at least you thought you were... No, that's fucked up. And it's not something I can... I forgive, but I can never forget it. And it'll never be the same after that. Like, once you say some shit... Once you say some shit that resonates in my mind... Like, uh, it could be one phrase that, like, maybe you didn't mean it that way, but it'll always stick in my mind, and I will never forget it, and it will forever change the way I look at you. And it could be the smallest thing. I could have cooked you a fucking meal, and you just said, this needs a little more salt, and I'm like, you know what, you ungrateful bitch, I will never fucking cook for you again. Like, that's how I think now. But, but that's the end of this episode. Next week, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but this has been another episode of University Controversial. And I needed this episode. I really did need this episode. It's helped me a lot. Like, I really, really needed this episode. So I really appreciate if all of you like, subscribe. I'm trying to get to 100 subscribers on YouTube. I need y'all's help. 
I'll like I'll, I'll throw like a raffle or something. I'll give out a prize. I don't know. We'll talk about that on the next episode. But thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being here and like helping me get through the things that I've uh I've been going through. I love you all. And I wish you all nothing but the best. See you motherfuckers next week.